the last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart. If you're like me, it's been quite some time. Hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz and I welcome you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and my friends from around the world to join us live. Put on a comfortable pair of pajamas, pull up a chair, and settle in with your favorite refreshment. And prepare to be blessed as I welcome tonight's guest. Well, hi and welcome to all of you who are joining us today. Uh, We have a very special uh, show, and it's actually tonight. I'm just so used to saying today, so (laughs) I launched right into that. But it is Mommy Jammies Night. I hope that you have a cup of tea or uh, a coffee if you uh, don't have any trouble sleeping and a nice pair of jammies as you're listening to us. It's kind of tradition around here. Uh, to put on a pair of jammies and just relax and be blessed by our speaker. And tonight, it's no different. I have a very special guest on the line. In fact, uh, uh, Zan doesn't even know this. Uh, Zan Tyler, um, she has uh, been a um, an amazing lady that I've followed through the years. She has done some, uh, you know, amazing things inspired by the Lord to uh, fight for the right to homeschool. And uh, Zan has an amazing story. And if you haven't heard it, you really need to uh, look her up and and all that she's done. And we've got a great bio, a full-length bio that will be with this audio, which is Secrets to uh, Christ-Focused and Special Family Holidays. And so today I welcome Zan Tyler. Welcome, Zan. Thank you so much, Felice. It's so great to be here. Oh, well, I am uh, just really excited that you said yes. And I know um, as we're recording this, it is the beginning of December, um, actually December 1st. And and you've got um, a wonderful session you're going to share with us. But before we get started, Dan, I wanted to uh, go ahead and lift you up in prayer, if that's okay. That would be fabulous. All right, wonderful. Well, we just praise you and we thank you, Lord Jesus, and we just thank you for this time. And I just ask a blessing upon Zan uh, that you fill her with your peace, uh, the the joy that surpasses all understanding, and give her the words, Lord, that may or may not be um, on the list of things she wants to talk about tonight. And I just ask you, Lord, to bless her family, uh, to bless her dad who's um, had some medical issues, uh, to um, bless them and give them wisdom and any, you know, advice that any of the doctors need or just provide for them, Lord, in a mighty way. And I just ask for all who are listening tonight, whether you're here live with us or listening in the archives, um, you know, even years later, that you uh, bless everyone who is listening, Lord, and just prepare their hearts. Um, for uh, what Zan is going to be sharing with us tonight. And I just pray this in your very precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, so, Zan, <clears throat> yeah, you go ahead and get started, and I will be back at the end, and we'll take some questions from the audience. Okay, great. Thank you, Felice. Well, it's, it's such a privilege and an honor to be here tonight for Jamie Night. Uh, my daughter-in-law had an art showing tonight, so I am not in my jammies. However, I wish I were. Uh, so I'm jealous of all of you out there who are really, really comfortable. I want to tell you um, just a little bit about my family because I'll be interweaving some stories of some things we did 
We home started homeschooling in 1984. Uh, that was way back in the day. We were threatened with jail. I was threatened with jail for homeschooling. And we uh, ended up homeschooling for 21 years, uh, all three of our children uh, from kindergarten through high school. Our kids now have kids that they're homeschooling. And, uh, and I will tell you, homeschooling, uh, having homeschool grandkids is the best. I, I have two sons now who are 37 and 35 and a daughter who's 28. And uh, we began homeschooling when the boys were six and four. And so my first story, I'm going to journey back in time to that point. And this is getting into Christmas. I just, I just wanted to do it through this story and sort of ease us into the holidays. The boys were six and four, and I really was trying to find a way that we could get involved in some volunteer activities together. Uh, They were a very active six- and four-year-old boys, and we could not find any organizations who were interested in my bringing the kids with me to volunteer, whether it was a campaign or whether it was a pro-life group or whatever. And so I really committed this to the Lord because I felt like one of the great things of homeschooling is that we could focus on service. I just didn't know how to do it. And so as we, as I prayed and my husband and I prayed and we really uh, lifted this up to the Lord, the verse in James 1.27 kept coming back to me. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And so as I thought about this, I thought one thing we could do with the boys, as small as they were, were to have a ministry to the widows in our church. At the time, we had a church that probably had 20 or 30 widows. So I called the church office, got the names of the widows, And it was a couple of weeks before Christmas, and we decided as a family that we were going to have widow baskets we would make um, with something to eat and an art project. And the boys would memorize some scripture and some Christmas carols, and we would make 10 or 12 baskets and visit the widows in our church. And so the first year we did this for Christmas, it was very nice. We enjoyed it. The boys benefited from it. But it was it was sort of our foray into this. And the next year I decided what we would do um, as our main service during the Christmas season was to start working on our widow baskets in September. So we blocked out two hours once a week from September through November to get ready for our widow baskets. And one of the things we'll discuss as we go along is how to incorporate real-life experiences into the holidays to keep the stress down, but to keep Christ as the focus. And so for me, to do this in the easiest manner was to begin working on it in September. We picked out a fairly long Christmas passage that I wanted the boys to memorize from Scripture from Luke. So we would work on one or two verses a week. I think by the end of, by the time we got to the December Christmas season, they had each memorized like 16 or 17 verses. And then we memorized and sang four Christmas carols, but all four verses. And so we were also working on those during our Wednesdays along with our art projects. And I'm not artsy at all. 
and uh, we would always make something in our baskets. We cooked, we might freeze pies or make jelly or something like that. So we would have something until delivered to the widow back to the widows. The thing that I loved about the scripture memory and the hymns is how much my children learned in the process, and and we counted those as language arts lessons just as an aside. Uh, and if, if you want your children to memorize some fabulous poetry and learn some deep theology all at the same time, get out a hymn book and have them memorize the hymns. Christmas carols are no different. And so that's how we spent two hours a week from September to November. Then when December rolled around, we were wrapped up the second year to deliver about 20 baskets to 20 different widows in our church. So the first couple of years we went and the boys would sing and recite their verses and give their gifts to the widows, and it was very nice and it was very meaningful. But as this tradition continued in our home for years, the most amazing things happened. We would get to the homes of the widows in our church, and they would have gifts for the boys and invite us in. They would have made refreshments. And it became real times of fellowship and friendship and ministry around those pitiful little widow baskets that we made. And as we kept this up year after year and they learned scripture passages and the Christmas carols and deepened our relationships with the widows, it became the most special part of our Christmas. As the boys got older, the conversations in November went something like this. Mom, we've got to start planning our widow basket delivery now because by this time we're up to 25 baskets. And they said, you know, they they like for us to stay and visit, and Mrs. Yates likes this, and Mrs. Vincent likes this, and Mr. Vandewater likes this. And, and, and so Joe, my husband, was on the road some with his job, and he said, and we hadn't, they were, they were trying to plan all these visits and get all the logistics worked out when Joe was home and before Christmas came. So it was amazing to me how it took the focus off of them and put the focus on somebody more needy than they were. Now, they still had plenty of opportunities to tell me what they wanted for Christmas. We didn't do giftless Christmas or anything like that. But it was a a really um, great way to focus on the needs of other people. And as the years went by and we kept up the tradition, the relationships with the older people in our church and the boys just grew and grew. And then Lizzie eventually was born seven years later. And and then she, of course, got in on, on these projects. But when Ty and John went to college, I'll never forget what happened. These widows that we had visited year after year for, I don't know, a dozen years, became some of the greatest prayer support the boys had when they left for college. And when the boys would come home, they were both at Covenant College in Chattanooga, which was about 350 miles from our home. When they would come home, we would often find them sitting with one of the widows during church rather than sitting with us 
which for us was a fabulous thing. We were always delighted to see it. So I just I opened that story um, with that story in the discussion of the holidays to say that the holidays should be, in a sense, a continuation, a celebration, but a continuation of what we do with our children every day in homeschooling. And that is to keep the two most important commandments in front of them, to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, and mind, and to love their neighbors as themselves. And so if we can keep those two principles of worship and service in front of us as we celebrate the Christmas season and in front of our children in everything we do, then I think that not only takes some of the stress out of Christmas, but it gives us that eternal focus. And by the end, by the end of the Christmas season, which I've never found a way to get through the Christmas season without being exhausted at the end, in, in addition to just the exhaustion, you have that, that joy of knowing that worship has occurred in your home and service has occurred in your home. Um, so that was always our goal during the holidays was to the focus on relationship rather than the material so that their relationships with others were strengthened through things like delivering the widow basket or and their and their relationship with the Lord was strengthened. Um one of the ways that we tried to keep worship in Christmas was just to have some special devotional times or special prayer times. Now, I have to, um, this is real-life confessions here, I would always get out the Advent wreath, and it seems like we never made it through all four or five candles during the Christmas season. They, we would always get them lit by the end of the season, but it seems like, our our plan for monthly, daily or weekly devotions around the Advent wreath never quite happened as um, regimented as I would have liked to have seen. But it was just the acts doing that. We had some great Advent devotionals that we used during that time. We just we had some precious times. So I just if you focus on the relationships at Christmas time rather than all the stuff uh, and there is a lot of stuff I know that goes along with Christmas and and fun stuff it it really does sanctify the time and redeem the time in a precious way just in terms of some other Christmas projects that we did while the children were little and then as they grew up we worked with Project Angel Tree uh, and I know that Project Angel Tree has different variations in different communities. This was with um, Chuck Colson's group, um, Prison Fellowship. And Project Angel Tree, if you're not familiar, is a ministry to the children of prisoners. Uh, and and it, it's a way to share the gospel with them and also get some gifts to them. So at one point, we would work in the mall. Uh, the kids and I would work in a mall where they had a, an angel tree Christmas tree, and we would give out names and give out flyers about Project Angel Tree and wrap presents for people. And so we did that several years. There were several years that we would pick a name off the tree ourselves and deliver deliver the, the presents 
to the um, prisoners' kids in their homes the day or two before Christmas. And we probably learned one of our most valuable lessons about service on a, a Project Angel Tree errand. We were delivering presents, and when we got there, it really upset the mother. And the mother um, was angry that we had intruded, uh, that we had these presents. Um, she had signed up for them, but we just came on a bad day. And there was profanity and yelling involved. And as we left, we just left the presents on the doorstep. And Joe and the kids and I left. It was such a great lesson to them that when God calls you to serve, it doesn't mean it's always going to have a lovely outcome. But you serve as unto the Lord. And so we really, we had some great bonding times as we served during the holidays. And we also had some really instructional times, we felt like, just at the hand of the Lord as we had different experiences in the whole serving um, arena. There were some other precious things. Because our kids were homeschooled, they had very close relationships with their grandparents. All four grandparents were in town, and they spent a lot of time with our parents. And our parents were great at doing service projects with our kids. My dad, um, you know, this was Thanksgiving, not Christmas, but my dad would take the boys the day before Thanksgiving and deliver meals um, to to um, impoverished people and names they had gotten from their church. And they would spend a day delivering meals and then um, winding up and having a feast with my dad somewhere at a restaurant. And that, those were precious memories. My husband's parents used to take our daughter Lizzie to Charlotte every year to work uh, with Operation Christmas Child. So having that that intergenerational aspect of service is precious as well. My mother's mother, my my grandmother, my children's great-grandmother was in a nursing home as they were growing up 100 miles away. And so we um, tried to visit once a month or once every six weeks, but we would visit during the Christmas season and take gifts. And the the kids had gotten to know a lot of the elderly people in the nursing home. And we would often have a little Christmas program or Christmas carols or things that the kids could share. And it was just sort of an outcropping of the relationships they developed as we visited the nursing home on a routine basis. So these are all places, if you're looking for a place to serve, there's just, there's no end to the need that people have during the holidays. And I would just encourage you to to really seek the Lord and ask him to show you where you can plug your kids in to have that thrill of service and also know that they are um, they're really serving the Lord through loving their neighbor. And it gives the holidays a whole new meaning. Some other things we did during the holidays and that I would encourage you to do is just to visit extended family, whether that's grandparents, great-grandparents, cousins. And it's a time you have for visiting and solidifying those relationships with your kids that you might not have any other any other time. And a lot of times if you have Christian families, it's a great time for fellowship. If you have unbelievers in your family, it can be a great time of ministry and sharing the gospel. 
One thing that we did some during the holidays is we would get out old picture albums. And we would go through picture albums together. And we would, I remember Greg Harris saying this years ago, to show your children the first apartment you lived in and what it was like when you had no money. Some of us still have no money, but when, but you know, our first apartment where I was born in university housing and, and, and just tell the story of our lives and how the Lord met with us in every place we lived and we had special memories in every place we lived. I always thought that was a really, um, I, I was so glad Greg recommended that because we had some really sweet times just looking over old photo albums. Um, and, and while you're walking down memory lane, I would encourage you at some point during the holidays to tell your children your homeschool story. Why do you homeschool? How did you get started? How did you feel the Lord calling you into that? I used to teach a public speaking class um, to homeschooled high school kids. And one day, I just asked them the question, why do your parents homeschool you? And, you know, I didn't get a good answer from any of those kids, and they were really sharp kids. And that's when I realized that we really needed to, we would take one session out of my public speaking class every semester and devote it to talking about the apologetics of homeschooling and why they were being homeschooled and why their parents were homeschooling them and what the benefits were to them. And so that's Christmas time is a good time to have those unhurried conversations um, that can really be a blessing to your kids, but pass down not just your holiday traditions, but your traditions as believers, why you homeschool, those types of things. Um, and then I would just encourage you to establish some uh, some traditions of fun together. Over the, holiday, over the Thanksgiving holidays, my husband um, grew up in a family of hunters, and he and the boys would go hunting at the old family hunt ground that was six hours away one day during the holiday. Um, we had you know, just the traditions of baking, of having friends in, all, all types of things that just promotes that the whole the whole feeling of togetherness and that family identity you want your kids to have, so that as they leave home, as mine have left home, and they come home for the holidays, they have those well worn traditions that are so meaningful that they can pick right back up on as they come back into your home. For a few minutes, I want us to talk a little bit about um, the educational benefits of the holidays. And to do that, I want to ask you, now, I have some friends, I'll get to that in a minute, I have some friends who were able to take off from their normal schoolwork before Thanksgiving and through the new year. I could never quite pull that off, but I really admired my friends who could. And now that I'm on the other side of homeschooling, I would encourage you to use as many of the days between Thanksgiving and Christmas as you can to do some really special, memorable things. So I'm not saying suspend the schoolwork for a month. I am saying maybe set aside the textbooks that you're using or the curriculum that you're using and look for some really special, bonding, memorable things to do. So I'm going to go through a few subjects 
and give you some ideas of things um, that we've done and friends of ours have done in our home. So the first is with literature. So I would encourage you to choose a classic literature selection that's appropriate for the holidays. There's A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, The Christmas Box by Richard Paul Evans, The Gift of the Magi, which is just a short story by O. Henry, but my all-time favorite, and the book of Isaiah um, in the Old Testament. Of course, read the passages in the New Testament from the Gospels, Luke and Matthew, the birth of Christ. But the book of Isaiah is so rich in terms of the prophecies you're going to see, the Messiah that is foretold. Um, and and then as we read, we had some um, special things we did while we were reading. One year, the Christmas box was a little teeny box, and we had a fire in the fireplace. And we just sat around the fireplace, and all of us would take turns reading a chapter. And we would drink hot chocolate or have a snack, and the fire was going. And we just read until we had read the entire book. It was really a a precious, precious memory. And we'll talk about plays in a little bit in terms of incorporating books and plays together, which is really a, a great type of little mini unit study. The other thing I would encourage you to do, especially if you are in the car traveling, is to get some good audio books. Um, some of our, our most precious memories as a family are look, are listening to audio books in the car on trips. I remember one um, Christmas season, we were coming back from the mountains with some friends, and we listened to O Pioneers by Willa, O Pioneer by Willa Cather, which really had nothing to do with the holidays, but it was a book I had wanted the kids to hear. And we got stuck in a snowstorm, and so we were able to listen to most of the unabridged version all the way home. And I can remember getting in at about 1 o'clock in the morning with an hour left on the book, and the kids begging, now this is going to date me, and all of us sitting around the cassette player in one of their bedrooms at 1 o'clock in the morning listening to the last hour of that book, which then was on a cassette tape. So I would would encourage you um, to do those types of things. One season we listened to Les Mis uh, by Victor Hugo, um, the unabridged version while we were traveling. And our best memory is the fact that I lost the last cassette tape and we could not hear the end of the book. So that's, that's one of those funny memories like camping where you remember it because something went so terribly wrong. But in Lane is one of the greatest portraits of the gospel of, I think is given in literature when um, when the thief comes and takes the candlestick and the priest, the, the policeman apprehend him and, and bring him back in and the priest says, oh, those are his candlesticks. I gave them to him. Um, I just butchered the retelling of that, but I would encourage you to pick out books like that that have some classic gospel undertones to them. Another thing I think that is really fun to do uh, during the holidays is to bring the fine arts into your celebration. If you will uh, look in um, online or newspaper, if you still get it, or wherever you get your news, there's all kinds of Christmas 
displays that usually come to your community. We um, Every year we had a traveling troupe that came to Columbia at the Cobra Center, and they did a rendition of A Christmas Carol, and it was just one of the things we did for several years. Then there were, there were years we saw other plays, but it was really fun to read the book, A Christmas Carol, and I don't know how many times we read that as a family, and then go see the play. And we would get the kids to compare and contrast the book and the play. What did you think of the way the this particular version of the Christmas Carol portrayed Scrooge or Tiny Tim or, or any of the characters? Occasionally I'd have them write papers and we would we would um catalog this or journal this all in our lesson plan book as language art. Um, literature, our service projects, and they were memorizing the hymns and the Bible verses with language arts. So we counted all these things we were doing um, at school time. And the thing we found out about some of the plays is they could be quite expensive for a large family or even a medium-sized family to buy five or seven or nine tickets for. So we found some um, pretty creative ways to handle the expense, depending on the ages of your kids. Some theaters, if you're willing to usher in a community theater setting, you can you and your family can attend for free. We did that a couple of times. Some theaters offer group discounts, so if you can find another couple of families, you can qualify for those. Um, a lot of theaters will offer special performances for school children, which now homeschool children can get into quite easily. And you can also consider asking grandparents to buy tickets as part of your children's Christmas presents um, to some of these performances that are a little more expensive. Uh, along with plays, I would encourage you to seek out some symphony and choral productions during the Christmas season. If your children have never been exposed to any type of orchestral production, this is a great time to do that. Uh, if you're going to see Handel's Messiah, for instance, you can watch um, you can watch a version of it on YouTube. You can introduce your children to the orchestra, point out the different instruments. If you're learning right along, there are plenty of um, YouTube videos on the basics of the orchestra. And and then you, after you become a little familiar with the work, you take your children to the symphony or the choral production, and it's really it can really be a special time and a fun time. Again, we documented all of this as um, school time. Um, it, church churches in the area, a lot of churches will have the living manger scene. They'll have Christmas productions. They'll do Handel's Messiah. Uh, I would just check the Internet or your newspaper, however you find out about your community news, and really take advantage of some of those things. We just we have great Christmas memories um, built around those. And then other cultural events would be things like the Nutcracker. Um, probably everybody once needs to see the nutcracker my my son saw the nutcracker once um that was that was it for that uh but there there's just a lot of fun things um you can do in those regards and then just an easy way to build some tradition in the holidays is around your family meal time they can be very simple meals of soup and 
cornbread and hot chocolate if you're getting ready to decorate the Christmas tree or just some, or some real feast that you'll have with the whole family uh, on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. But, you know, Scripture is, is just replete with, with meals as celebrations. We take the Last Supper is a meal that Christ instituted for us, the marriage feast of the Lamb. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the, dot, the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come into him and have dinner with him and he with me. So this whole idea of having fellowship around meals is a huge thing in Scripture. And I, I just want to encourage you. I wrote an article years ago about family meals and eternal investment and teaching tools. And it was amazing the secular research around having family meals together and how few people eat meals together as a family. But it's one of the great family traditions that especially homeschool families are still able to keep up because if we can't do every evening meal together, we've already had breakfast and lunch together normally. Um, but here are just a few things. Kids who eat with their um, families uh, most family meals, most meals together as a family are 40% more likely to get A's and B's in school. Now, that's a traditional environment, but it shows the academic advantage that eating meals together has. Family bonding, an article said that um, uh, in this book, How to Build Family Ties in Our Modern World, The Intentional Family, Parents must be very intentional about creating meaningful family rituals. One of those crucial rituals is the family meal. Uh, improved morals, um, the magic of family meals, an author Nancy Gibbs wrote, it talked about how in the evening when the mood is right and the family lingers, they get caught up in an idea or an argument or explored in a, a shared safe place where no one is stupid or shy or ashamed. You get a glimpse of the power of this habit. And my social scientists say such communion acts as a kind of vaccine protecting kids from all manner of harm. And then spiritual growth. Not like the Bible says, eat 10 meals together a week, but it does say to talk about, to talk to your children about the things of the Lord when you sit in your house, when you walk along the way, when you're Christmas shopping, when you're decorating your tree, when you lie down and when you rise up. So I would just encourage you during the holidays to make the most of mealtime. And so we've, we've had about 30 minutes together. I just want to close and tell you a story because I don't know where each of you are during the holidays. And I just know from personal experience that the holidays can be some of the most joyful, um, celebratory times you'll ever have as a family. They can also be some of the saddest, heart-rending times you can have as a family. So as we close, I want to tell you um, one of my favorite Christmas stories that happened around a verse um, from Isaiah. This was actually the second or third year um, my husband and I had homeschooled. And the first eight years, we eight, eight or nine years we homeschooled, we were either involved in the legislature or a court case every year. So we had been, um, we had a legislative committee that was meeting. South Carolina had more lawsuits filed over homeschooling at one point than the other 49 states combined. 
and we just this particular year we had a legislative just mess and debacle on our on our hands. So I had formed a legislative committee with John Watson, who was on our homeschooling board, a dear friend, and who is now with the Lord. And Mike Ferris flew down from HSLDA, and we met with the chairman um, of the House Education and Public Works Committee, David Beasley, who was a believer and a great friend of homeschooling. And so as we sat through the meeting, it was really good news. Um, David thought he could really help us get a better homeschool bill passed. But all I could see as I sat there was another year of intense time spent in the legislature um, trying to curry support, get the grassroots movement going, energize homeschoolers. And all of a sudden, the enormity of that task just hit me like a ton of bricks. This was December, so it was the Christmas season. And as we walked out the door, I'll, I'll just never forget, it was a terrible thunderstorm. So so the weather matched my mood. And Mike looked at me, Mike Ferris looked at me, and he said, well, that was really good news. Aren't you excited? And I looked at him, and I burst into tears, and I said, I'm just so depressed. I just don't feel like I can shoulder this during the holidays and in the year to come. And I'm just sobbing. And Mike looked at me and he said, well, it sounds like you need need a new set of shoulders to me. And he later said, I didn't say that to you. That wasn't very caring. But he was really just trying to encourage me. So I got in my car and I had not turned off my radio Evidently, when I turned the car off to go into this meeting, I turned on the car, and the radio was up loud. I'd been listening to Christmas hymns. And over the speakers in my car blared the verse from Isaiah, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. There was my new set of shoulders, and it's in that verse that was foretelling about the coming of the Messiah. And I just want to encourage you um, during this Christmas season, whatever you're facing, the good or the bad, that Christ's shoulders are big enough to shoulder it all for you. And um, it's just been a real pleasure to be with you tonight. I, I just love my homeschooling friends. I have loved being with you. I hope there's something here that could encourage you. And so now if we have any questions, um, Felice, I guess I'm going to turn it back over to you. That was wonderful. And I just love how uh, the Lord answered your your heart's prayer um, through the speakers of your radio. (laughs) It's amazing how he works. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I just love that. I just love it. Well, Zan, that has really blessed all of us, and it is so uh, wonderful to hear you in your sweet your sweet voice. Um, I just love the way you say widow. <laughs> no, it was really cute. We were enjoying it over the, the group of us here listening live. And, and uh, at the beginning, I just didn't have um, a, a chance to welcome all of you listening on the line, but we have people from all over. Uh, the U.S., uh, you know, we've got um, actually Mary Jo's here from uh, from um, 
Oh gosh, I always want to Tupelo. say she's from. Yes, Tupelo. But I always want to say she's from Missouri, but she's not. She's from um, Mississippi. <laughs> Hi, Mary Jo. So, yeah. Hey, Mary Jo. Welcome. Um, but we've got uh, Texas, Texas, and Oklahoma, and Alaska, and South Carolina, and that's not you, Zan. Um, and so, welcome everyone um, here, California, um, and you know, lots of others. Um, also, uh, we have a few questions here, so let me get to those. Uh, the first is a comment. Um, Alice from Tennessee says, uh, no question, just so excited to hear you. Thanks for all um, that you've given us uh, tonight in the way of great ideas and how to incorporate homeschooling into the holidays. Uh, so uh, thank you, Alice, for, for sharing that with Zan. And also um, another a uh, question um, from Anonymous from um, oh, Missouri. Okay. I have to really think when I see these acronyms, you know, okay, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so she says, I get so stressed during the holidays. Thank you for being honest that you get stressed too. How do you keep Christ focused if your spouse isn't a Christian? Mm, that's a good question, Zan. Oh, that is really a good question. Um, now, this is going to sound like a trite answer, but I would say I would make it a real matter of prayer, and I would get a prayer team who prays with you specifically about that before the holidays start. And I, I would bathe your holidays in prayer And, you know, I don't know the situation, whether your husband is hostile toward the gospel or whether he lets you be. Uh, And so the answer would be really different for each of those scenarios. But I would encourage you to do as much as you can with the children from a spiritual perspective uh, that that he will allow. Just continue to, to pump those gospel truths into your children, um, bathe them in opportunities to serve because that those are some of the memories that will stick with them. And I can't imagine that many people would have a hard time with you taking the kids to reach out to the widows in your congregation or your neighborhood or children in the foster care and orphanage or are underprivileged. So that that may be a way to reach out. But I would um I would tell you to get a prayer team and really seek the Lord on that one. Um that's I feel like I'm giving a very inadequate response. Yeah. If you have any wisdom I think there, that's please. wonderful. No, I think that's wonderful and I think you're right that a prayer team, if you have some friends that are really close to you that can help and intercede and now that we know um, that there is this issue, we'll lift you up. Uh, we do that with all of our listeners, and so we will definitely lift you up and the children. Um, so, um, you know, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us. Um, another question, it says, you are such a witness to all of us, Zan. Um, How did you find out about widows in need? Where can I go to find out more about this? We, I just went to my church and got a list of the widows. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and, and so now Joe and I go to a church plant, and we're probably the oldest people there. So I was thinking about doing this for my grandkids. So like you, I'm going to have to be a little more creative. So I'm thinking about just going to another church 
where I know um, where I know somebody in the administration, and they have older people in the congregation. Um, an, another way to find them may just be through friends in your neighborhood or your homeschool group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think the thing is is to start looking and asking. And I always found with my you know, as I was knocking on doors trying to find opportunities for my kids, it was like the Lord was just waiting there to open those doors. He he really encourages us in our serving. And so I think once you start looking, things will jump out of the woodwork. Right. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, that's it for questions. Uh, lots of comments. Wendy said, thank you so much. Um, loved hearing about your family and traditions and um, also great excitement about um, the book uh, that we are uh, giving away. So if you are listening in the archives, um, you know, we do have giveaways for our live Mommy Jammies Night. Um, so uh, we welcome those of you that are here and uh, there are some extra um, things for you to find there. And also I encourage those of you to um, follow Zan on Facebook. She's in the process of getting her website up, and that information will be on the mommyjammiesnight.com page um, under this podcast that has uh, Zan's name on it. Uh, so let's just look for Zan Tyler, and it's a secret to Christ-focused holidays. Um, and so you can find out more information when she gets her website up. She'll give me that link, and I'll have it um, on that page. Um, if you don't already uh, have a Facebook account and um, don't have Facebook, then uh, that website will uh, give you uh, ways to find out more about what Zan's going to be up to. Um, if you do have Facebook, she has a couple of pages over there uh, that you are welcome uh, to follow, and one of them, um, it's uh, Zan-Tyler, I believe it's Dash One, uh, but just look up Zan, and she also has another um, uh, profile page up, so either one of those, and uh, Zan said she will be posting more upcoming, um, I'm sure after the busy holiday. So um, thanks so much, Dan, for joining us tonight. It has been a pleasure uh, to host this session and to just be blessed uh, by what you were sharing with all of us. So thanks again for coming. Oh, gosh, it was my pleasure, Felice. Thank you so much. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. so happy you came to Mommy Jammies Night. Please drop my guests a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time. And follow up with me on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page or via email. God's blessings upon you and your family. Thanks for joining us.
the conference is now completed. Goodbye. Welcome to the conference. Please enter the conference ID, followed by